You're listening to Parodi, coming at you live. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Auto D Show here on Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks, broadcasting from high above Camelback Road in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, and this evening my guest is guitarist Danny Walls, who happens to be in the Canyon Walls Band, as well as others. He's been a force in the Valley Country music scene for quite a while, and he'll be here with me right after I play a song off of my last album called I Just Don't Care, here on the Auto D Show. Check it out. And that was I Just Don't Care by yours truly here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you in part by my good friends at Fervor Records and also by TheRecordingArtist.com, where every Wednesday evening I record bands live online while you watch. You have to be a subscribing member, and subscriptions range from 3 bucks to 7 bucks a month, but you have seven more days to get a full year subscription for $20 if you go to the Indiegogo campaign before it runs out. That's a 76% discount, and to learn more, check out TheRecordingArtist.com, and be sure to watch uh, the companion TV show on Amazon Prime called The Recording Artist. It's kind of cool. But it's not nearly as cool as my guest tonight, Mr. Danny Walls. How are you doing, Danny? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming down. <laughs> and right off the bat, I got to thank you for hooking me up with Guy. Sure. Uh, when yeah. he came in on the, on the show. Monster on the guitar. Yeah, he is. And he, he made a point online of making sure that uh, you admit that he taught you all your rock licks. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that out of the way. Right on. Right off the bat. I can't pick his stuff. He's, he's too fast for me. Is he really? Yeah. He's a- so is, have you played with Guy a lot or is it Mostly recently. Just recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Guy when he became the guitar player of 
Muggy on band and uh, and uh, actually guy sent me a uh, private message telling me what a wonderful guitar player I was and that he wanted to take a couple lessons from me so he came over to the house oh, and cool. took a couple country lessons right. not rock I, I stay out of his dojo with that but right. he wanted to learn some stretches and different things like that so so we we went over some guitar stuff and oh cool yeah now you know we already mentioned Mugion, so let's just let's just start there i okay. know we t- i talked with a, a guy about Mugion as well uh-huh. and and our dear friend Dwayne passing yes, yes. so um you knew Dwayne yeah for years probably 35 years um wow. he was one of the other bands playing in town one of the rivals and Muggion was such a, a huge band here in Arizona. I mean, even the height of my career playing in the different bands around town like Western Bread and and with J. David Salone and Canyon Walls, we could all play a venue and Muggion would have three times the people there. They just mm-hmm. would. It was just, they really connected with the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he was a good friend, everything from Harley riding to fishing to Lake Powell trips to... Yeah, you never miss the water till the well runs dry, and you know, and, and tomorrow's never promised. And that's the a, truth. A lot of people. I, I was surprised, really, the outpour of people that were calling me, the people that that still show up at his tributes. You know, we just played one at the Creekside Lodge up there near Prescott, and uh, beautiful place, by the way. But uh, just it was packed with people, and just the outpour is just amazing. People missing Dwayne and how he had an impact on so mm-hmm. many people in yeah. this valley. Yeah, and the band was constantly working, and I know they still had a bunch of gigs when oh, yeah. Dwayne passed unexpectedly. And so you've been filling in for a few. Years. Yeah, um, Brian. Brian offered me a, a bunch of gigs, and um, I told him I'd, I I can't take them all, you know, because I like I say I play with my own band, Canyon Walls, and mm-hmm. Jay David, and Western Bread, and you know, with Phoenix, I'm I'm a with Phoenix Fire and then with my girlfriend trying to live life and you know I I can't just, I was looking at can't the, just plug another busy band schedule no, on top well, of I all can't, that. that's right I can't turn into another you know just a band for lack of better word just a, a band going back in the bars and playing I looked at the schedule that Brian gave me and it was every weekend yeah you know and but busy band yeah very busy but yeah Dwayne touched a lot of people I remember I I remember the very first song. Uh, and where I saw the, I, I saw those guys playing up at the museum club. I had played a, we had played a, a small uh, little party up there, up in Flagstaff. And after we were finished with that, we went to the museum club and walked in there. And they had, you know, this was the '80s, and they had every processor and amp. And I don't know if you've ever been to the museum. The mm-hmm. club up there it's a small pretty small yeah. stage and Muggion had they were like a big tour band <laughs> yeah. and they had all this equipment i mean you had to do a maze to walk through and Dwayne, i still remember Dwayne running around with his hair all flapping all over the place and george he was playing guitar you know and uh dan bell standing up there in his white skinny pants and they were all playing they played a earl thomas Conley song i still remember this song Actually, also my girlfriend, she likes Earl Thomas Connolly, but uh, Dwayne, he was singing. Hey, how you been? Good to see you again. Girl, it's been a long time. How's that new man? Mama and them. Since I told you goodbye. I'm still the same, still raising cane. Nobody's worried about me. I come and I go just as I please. Since I set myself free and I can't win for losing. I just can't get over you Being footloose and fancy free Ain't all it's cracked up to be And the grass ain't no green 
just can't get over you. Very cool. It's neat, man. He was singing that one. That. They were jumping all over the place and jam-packed on that stage. I'll never forget it. It's one of my fond memories. First memory of Muggy on. That's pretty cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah. I can just picture the, all that gear packed into a little club and the band, the band playing, you know. Right. And, and you know, back in the 80s, uh, for a couple sounds, you had to have four or five, you know, different amps and, yeah. you know, three or four guitars. and Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, George would have, you know, two or three tellies up there and strats. And Dan, I don't know if you see, it, it, I always used to tease Dan because he reminded me of the Glass Tiger video. Don't forget me when I'm gone. Oh, that keyboard player that has like, he has like you know, seven keyboards on each side. Yeah, you know, I, was a, I was in a band like that where the keyboard player was in a U-shaped space of his own with keyboards all okay. around. You know? I bet you had a DX7 too. Uh, was, <laughs> actually, it was before those days. Oh, it was? We're talking Moog synthesizers that where he would actually, we did uh, Come uh -huh. Sail Away by Sticks, right? Yeah. And it's got this really Come solo. So what he would do is the oscillator would just just gently change tune over time. So right when it's coming up to the solo, he'd have to put his headphones on while he's comping a piano track with one hand. He's got his headphones on and he's checking the tuning on the oscillator on the synth he's gonna go to play the solo on. Nice. So he had two or three keyboards he had to kind of tune during the show regularly just to keep it going. I mean, wow. it, was, it was a nuts kind of job really to me, but. But yeah, you know, things change a lot with gear. You've been playing out for a long time. So yeah. I bet there were days when you hauled a bunch of gear. And I bet oh. you haul a lot less these days. I had a uh, two Fender Twins, borrowed one from John Bishop. I still, actually, that was 25 years ago. I blew it up, and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm getting around to fixing it, Johnny. <laughs> the tubes, I don't think he ever had it past three or four, and I think I had it on nine, and smoke started coming out of it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, blew his amp oh, up. Oh, but, but they sound good loud. Oh, yeah, two Twins stereo, yeah. and... And I used to have a, a GPS 11, I don't even know, right. a Digitech something. Okay. But now I have uh, an actually guy and actually all the guitar players in this valley uh, make fun of me because I just have a few boss pedals mm -hmm. and a delay in a chorus. And a, and I think I might... Keep uh, it simple, stupid. I might have the reputation of having the worst distortion sound in the valley, <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't care anymore, you know. it's yeah. uh, And then I... I carry a small little acoustic fender amp that weighs about six pounds now. right yeah that's uh, unlike nice, the hundred huh? pound twins yeah. right right or the separate it, cabinets and heads and used to haul all that and stuff i use around. that i get a pretty good sound out of my telly and mm -hmm. and i can play my fiddle through it so right. it's one amp i have to take that's really cool yeah yeah now some guys you know there's always memes online you know for musicians about uh, their relationship to their guitars and how some musicians have never gotten rid of an instrument and other musicians trade every one for the next one constantly uh -huh. how about you do you have a whole room full of guitars you've had for your whole no. lifetime or you just hang no. on to a couple i made a living for 25 years with a 600 dollars usa telecaster and a you know and in a strap Mm -hmm. And um, I still have the guitar that my, it's an old Harmony guitar that my, mm -hmm. my dad bought in the 60s. Um, I still have that. That's and, cool. And just a, and this acoustic guitar. But no, I don't have, in comparison to a lot of my friends that, and collector friends that I have that have thousands of dollars worth of, yeah. of guitars. And, you know, the good thing about the old Telecaster, I'll never forget one night, John, John and I, we were sitting at the bar after the, after it closed and we're sitting there and all of a sudden we heard a wham and my telecaster fell off the stage and landed on Gosh. the the dance floor and i looked at john looked at the guitar and and uh i just started went back to talking you know <laughs> and then the next night when i came in i i think the g-string was out a little bit tuned it back up and yeah. uh and yeah started uh started playing that's you know? funny now it had it been a five thousand dollar parker i would have probably cried but, yeah, yeah no. i hear you you know i i actually that brought back a memory that i don't that's not a fond memory i was playing in a club in iowa i was playing a rickenbacker bass mm -hmm. and uh i put both my arms up in the air at the end of a song and the strap popped the strap popped. Oh, the yeah. guitar fell and then and the neck busted the headstock yeah. busted off i didn't know it broke at first and it was our last song we were done and this is like a tuesday night and the club owner is very upset because there's nobody in the place okay and i'm sure i was being stupid you know <laughs> but uh, so he, he demanded that we do another song and I, I didn't know why but so i pick up my bass and then i realize it's way out of tune and i look at the head it's broken <laughs> at the end of the neck i'm like i can't play so since we couldn't play he wouldn't pay us 
Oh, wow. For the gig. And we had driven wow. hours and miles to this place. But we're teenagers, and I'm sure you got away with it. I think that's every guitar player. I, I guarantee you, every guitar player out there has thought about that when he raises his hands. You yeah. know, that was before the locking, you know, straps. And oh so, yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, I'll never do that again. So, and before I forget uh, about Muggy on you, you guys can go to their page the the muggy on facebook and it will tell all the places that they're playing and and i'm doing actually the balloon festival in pine top oh, cool. the, this friday this friday doing that up there that's gonna that's be nice with, with the muggy on band that's gonna be fun mm-hmm. should be nice up there it's getting a little yeah. warm down here yeah it is well listen um let's talk about canyon walls okay so when did you start that band who sometime in the um well i was playing I was playing with a band called Western Bread with uh, Mike Beck, and we were playing this club up on, I don't know, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna show my age here. It was on 19th Avenue and Bell Road called Kangaroo Country. And it was a rock club too, it was called Sensations and then Kangaroo Country. And um, we were playing there and we were just a, you know, a young local band here and then, and then, uh, J. David Sloan walked in, and we're all like, well, well, "Hold on, is that who we think it is?" You know, he's. Walk- <laughs> I can see his gray beard walking in the dark across. Yeah, he looks just like he did then. Yeah, still, yeah, the guy looks yeah. like he doesn't age. Good genetics, yeah, and he's still doing it too. I know. Yeah, he's- but finish your story, sorry. So yeah. He walks in. He uh, so he walks in, and we're all like, "Okay." Top shelf stuff, you know, and so we started, you know, playing back the songs that we, you know, our top <laughs> shelf, you know, like get the top shelf booze and and um, what does he want from us? And and he actually wanted us to go to Mr. Lucky's and the, the rogues that were playing there, they that you know they had spent their time there, and I think Jay wanted some new blood in there, and and uh, he wanted some new blood and some tight wranglers and some young young guys and we were by no means any caliber of billy williams and all the players jeff Borea, all the all the all the players there we were by no means but we could stand on tables we could you <laughs> entertain know, yes we could entertain and, and that's what that's i guess that's what he he was looking for so we went there and started playing and i spent i spent a lot of years there playing music and then i i left that i i i left that band and um i joined a band called young country for about five years Mm -hmm. and with mike dewitt and ted dequina yeah and um amazing musician do you remember what years those were oh i was hope i was sitting here looking at you going please don't ask me because i was wondering because i did a thing Early nineties, early nineties, mid nineties, okay. somewhere right around in there is when I joined. Um, uh, I, I did a thing with them, uh, probably like eighty or like ninety nine or two thousand. Okay, ninety eight or ninety nine. Okay, I did uh, some records for uh, United Cerebral Palsy around Christmas called Mary Arizona. It was all local bands doing Christmas mm-hmm. music. I was there, and Young Country was on one of those. Where cuts, where, where was so. um, where was the studio? Uh, it, it was, was in Paradise of, Valley, off of Nani Valley Drive. Yeah, kind yeah, of. I was yeah, there. So you were on that right? We actually had a. Uh, for some reason, Will Brown came to my mind too. He mm-hmm. was there playing, there. Yeah, yeah cool. I, I, I was there. So awesome. Yeah, and then I, and then I left that band. I wanted to get out on my own a little bit. I didn't want to put my name out there like Danny Walls, but I wanted my name somehow in there, and. Um, so I, uh, it was funny because I was, my family was, all my siblings were in my mom. They were giving me all this advice. And my oldest brother, Kenny, was like, call yourself the Canyon Carolers. And uh, they were just poking my ribs a little bit. But my mother, my mother came up actually with Canyon Walls. She's like, you should call it Canyon Walls. That'll be a little country, but, you know, in part of Arizona and and your last name. And then. And the rest is history, you know. I, yeah, I did, it's clever. I did those corporate parties for... And naming a band is, that's a, typically an impossible task. It's, it's so hard. harder than people would think, yeah. you know. It, it really is. And, you know, did the bar scene for another 10 years, 15 years, and was just I was starting to get tired of the bars, you know. Mm-hmm. You do anything for 25, 30 years, you start getting tired of it. And, <laughs> and yeah. I, had a, I had a buddy yeah. of mine, Terry yeah. McHugh, who was a Phoenix fireman, and... Um, he would always, when, when he would come in to hear me play at Mr. Lucky's, he'd be like, Danny, you need to leave this job, and, and we're going to get you on with Phoenix Fire. And I'm like, get out of here. Step back. You know, <laughs> this bar will never close. I'm going to do this the rest of my life. And, and um, uh, 
So I uh, 50, about 20 years later, I called him up and said, hey, is that job offer still available? <laughs> you know, and he's like, Danny, you called at the perfect time. Oh, and so wow. I've, been, I've been a Phoenix Fire engineer now for 16 years with, with yeah. Wow. City of Phoenix. It's a great job. Great job. And. You said engineer. Yeah, I'm an engineer. I drive the fire truck. Yeah, I That's drive the ladder truck, fun. ladder 22. Cool. It's, it's a great job. We You get to see the best and the worst of people. And yeah, yeah, no it, doubt. It's a, it's a great job. But um, uh, And now I get to still do my corporate parties and mm-hmm. I get to play with Jay David and and Western Bread and and I get to play my you know with Canyon Walls and right. I'm playing with Muggy on yeah. and I'm trying to live like you know I'm I I uh I paid my house off 2013 and congratulations and, yeah and that was a $900 raise back then <laughs> that's right and uh so I, I've been Airbnb in my home okay. and uh it was funny. I told my girlfriend Jerry. I told I told her kids. I said, "You need to tell all your friends that your mom's dating a homeless dude." Because I didn't have a home. I mean, I always had people, and so I was. Yeah, I'm living the. I was living the life, staying on my boat and living in my RV and staying at Jerry's. And now let me ask you this: You drive a fire truck, right? That's kid. a big, big thing. Uh-huh. You're up in the air pretty well. You see really well, right? Uh-huh. So now you get back in your your vehicle and you mm. get into traffic. Does it drive you crazy? No, not at all. I'm. No, because you're still driving a pickup truck, so yeah. you still see pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you gotta. You're you're here in Phoenix. You gotta understand the way the roads are and and yeah. have some patience. You yeah. know. And I've driven big trucks my whole life and hay yeah. trucks when I was younger. Yeah, I grew up out there in Buckeye, okay. and uh, around all the hay fields and stuff. And and uh, you know, I've I've driven big trucks and small trucks and yeah. So were you born in Arizona then? I guess. Well, all almost, five of us. Huh? Yeah, almost all five of us siblings. Or were were born in Houston, Texas. Okay, and then we went to Oklahoma for a little while. And actually, you know, my dad played plays played guitar. My mom sang opera. She gave up, you know, singing opera to raise five rugrats. Wow. And um, my brother Jim, he was one who showed me really how to play the you know lead work. And but yeah, music. We were ta- I was talking about this with a friend the other day. How music. She she said music is your soul, and I said music goes straight to your soul. It is, you know. I I remember my very, and again, I remember my very first song as as a kid. You know, it was that paper lace tune. Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh. Daddy was a cop on the east side of Chicago, back in the USA, back in the bad old days, on the heat of a summer night. In the land of a dollar bill When the town of Chicago died And they talked about it still When a man named Mal Capone Tried to make that town his own And he called his gaze a war About the forces of the law I heard my mama cry Join in, come on <laughs> I heard great in that Chicago died Oh my gosh, such a great song, yeah what a, what a night it really was What a, what a fight it really was Yes, indeed Yeah, that's awesome I yeah. can't believe you, like, you remember those And they just Something about out. Oklahoma And I remember that song And mm-hmm. my Aunt Norma's beauty parlor Now, uh, where, Aunt Norma, where in Oklahoma beauty were you? Parlor, parlor. Well, we were in Velma for a short time then we moved out here okay dad dad before he bought the uh store out there in buckeye he was a computer analyst for motorola so they were shipping us all over but we were in velma dad was born in ada graduated from stonewall high hmm. so, well and there's a lot of good music and a lot of great songwriters come out of oklahoma well so, yeah actually you know. jay david's from there is he is yeah, he, yeah I he's an okie boy there yeah you go. he's an okie german boy that's <laughs> yeah. amazing that's yeah. crazy now listen we we kept we're jumping on off all these little topics i, I want to get back and catch them so i don't forget sure but uh you know we talked about your truck uh you're a gearhead yeah you're, oh, you're a big time car yeah. guy yeah well if you grow up in the jungle and raised by apes you become tarzan <laughs> and i i grew up <laughs> i grew up you know uh on a gas station and you know all my brothers were mechanics kenny you know he's a mechanic and and everybody my dad was a shade tree mechanic and that, that's where i learned to turn wrenches just saved me a lot of money yeah well, you know back in the day you were expected then too to change your own oil right yeah yeah right 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 if there you was had self, a car you had to make it run there were full service we had a full service gas station mm-hmm. you know when i'd get off the school bus from you know from school 
you know, dad would say, hey, before your homework, you need to change your oil on that vehicle. You need to rotate the tires on that one. <laughs> Adjust the points on that VW, you know, you know, before you ride your motorcycle. Yeah, we All had, right. uh, growing out between Buckeye and Gila Bend, I had, we, our family, we probably had 14 motorcycles and three dune buggies and couple dogs how of your siblings were they all boys uh one sister okay. carol yeah yeah carol and and uh they've they've been a huge influence in my life mm -hmm. i i never tell them but they've always reminded me of bumpers like in a bowling alley mm -hmm. you know because playing um, playing five nights a week you can get going pretty fast and every once in a while you know you start going towards the gutter and boom you know they they they've been the rocks in cool. my life yeah that's very cool yeah i bet you have more tools in your garage than you have guitars in the house huh? very much yeah <laughs> old tools too yeah. yeah i'm my friends give me heck all the time because i'll 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 use an old tool or i'll go to harbor freight you know right you know uh, i won't buy the expensive tools and now you mentioned the this truck you brought out here tell uh -huh. me about this one it's a 65 chevy pickup truck it has air conditioning in it um i've had it Ooh, yeah has oh it has to it, all my <laughs> vehicles here. all my vehicles except the sandrail and my motorcycle have even the boat has air conditioning but uh this one has uh um, air conditioning. It's all original, '65 Chevy. And I. Um, How long have you had it? Um, I'll, I'm just gonna throw out there about 15, 18 years. Okay. And uh, I bought it from Lee Banning. Uh, I actually went over to his place to to buy a sandrail. Well, I was taking my brother over there, John, to buy a sandrail. And across the field, there were two hoods I could see. And I asked Lee. I said, "What are those? Are those Fords?" He said, "No, there's a couple of Chevys in it." I was hooked. I said, I got to go look at those. And I ended up buying both of them. And they were local vehicles from here. They were bought from, I think, Rudolph Chevrolet okay. back in the 60s. Wow. And the, the gentleman that owned them passed away somewhere in the 80s. And they sat, you know. And then I ended up buying them. Um, the, the one was a farm truck. The short bed was a farm truck. And it was beat beat up pretty bad so i ended up selling that one right away but this one was unscathed it was a barn fine nothing was missing off of it no you know normally you see an old vehicle out behind a building the carburetor's missing the headlight basils you know something's you know the steering roll -up wheel. window handles are missing yes the, <laughs> yeah and i uh i uh actually drove it home and um did wow. a little bit of work to it had it painted and then overhauled the engine in it because the engine block was cracked but it, it still ran mm -hmm. and um that one then yeah i have another car my 69 el camino i've had that since high school yeah i yeah. want to hear about that yeah that that um a funny just a quick funny story my dad and kenny we went to go look at the car i was looking at i wanted an el camino really bad and i was looking you know back then we had to look in a paper yeah. and at the end of the at the back of the the new times or whatever you see you know car for sale and so this little ad and so we went to look at this 69 el camino with a 396 in it and the guy i remember the guy telling my uh brother mm -hmm. and dad i remember him saying okay i just put this other air breather on it so don't floor it because the throttle will hit the air breather and it sticks. And, and you can't tell that to a couple of Okies, you know. And uh, it's like, oh, good. So, so I'm standing there, uh, Ed Davis. I still remember the guy's name. I'm standing there with Ed Davis and my brother and dad took off in this El Camino. And all of a sudden I can hear it backfiring and popping and popping and back, you know, just screaming and Kenny floored it. And so dad's reaching over and turning and turning the uh, the key switch on and off, on and off and it's backfiring. And and so we, we pulled up and, and Ed said, well, you're buying it whether you want to or not. You know, he was joking, but <laughs> but yeah, we ended up buying it. I've had it since high school and- That's pretty and, cool. And I've put a, ls7 motor in it and 4l80 tranny i've modernized it a little bit but it's it has air conditioning also oh. yeah wow so now does that what's your favorite thing if in your life uh you feel a bit stressed a lot of a lot of crap going on where do you go do you go to the guitar or do you go to the garage and work on the car um you know that's what brings you that piece funny you say i don't i don't go to music mm -hmm. I, I don't go you know, people will ask me still today, how how often, how long do you play the guitar? And mm -hmm. I, I don't play the guitar anymore, really. I hate to say, uh, well, that's hate work, to, right? I mean, you play it. You play nobody's going to hear this, right? No I, one I know. Gonna, yeah. No one listens to this. Show. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'm just I don't I don't really play the guitar anymore. I'm fortunate that I learned it. You're never too old to learn a guitar, yeah, but I'm true. fortunate that I learned it when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And um, but to get away stress, I like to take the boat to the back side of the lake, Lake mm, Pleasant, okay. throw the anchor and stay a couple days. And that that is really nice. The 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 mountains are beautiful behind mm -hmm. Lake Pleasant. You know, I just love them. I, I've I, never gone to uh, uh, on a boat for a couple of days. Well, I'll on tell the you lake. what. Never I'll tell that. you what. Next summer, I'll, I'm going to take you out. We'll, right. we'll go. All right. That'd be fun. That'd but be fun. Uh, yeah, I do that. Or or I do enjoy turning wrenches. Mm -hmm. As long I don't enjoy laying under a car. One right. of my cars and oil's dripping in my eye, but right. you know if it's something, you know, I'm like putting headers on my El Camino or yeah. you know doing something like that. Th there is a, there's there's something about it. That yeah, there's calms a therapeutic the process. Bingo. And Bingo. I know my brothers were were way into their cars and and bikes, and I was into the guitars. You know, uh -huh. but but um, it's kind of like you know washing your car all the time when you're a kid. You, know, you get your first car, you wash it all the time. You know. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but I think when you get into working on it, then it's kind of like well. There's always something you can do. You can always clean the oil off the engine. You can always do something if yeah. you want. Oh. If you need to go in there and tinker, there's always something you, you can do. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. It's always, you know, I'm done with my El Camino, but eh, the speedometer yeah. doesn't work right. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's a 69 speedometer. So I'll have I to take everything apart to get the cable out. It'll only take me a few days. I, hmm, I think I'll do it. I may just stick a whole electronic updated, <laughs> you know, newer whole dash assembly in it and not worry about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But That's pretty wild. Yeah. So um, the, the El Camino and the 65 Chevy, so that's what you got right now, uh -huh. plus your, your... Well, do you want to know my vehicle? I have a, a Suburban, a 07 okay. Suburban, and okay. I got a motorcycle and an old Harley with a 124-inch okay. Harley motor in it uh -huh. and in uh, a sand rail. I love the, I love the dunes. Uh, my dad taught us how to work hard and play hard, and, and uh, I still go to the dunes. I have a sand rail with that and an RV the, to pull it, and... Um, Cool. That's about it. Well, let's get back on music again. Okay. Um, when when you uh, but you mentioned that your dad was a, a musician and uh -huh. your mom was a singer, but when did you first start playing and what did you first start playing? I think I started, uh, actually I started asking my brother about guitar playing around the fourth or fifth grade. You know, because our family, um, every and families don't do this anymore, I don't think they do, but uh, I never hear about it, but Every Friday and Saturday, we, you know, as kids, we would get out the guitars and we would have a little jam session in the in the house. And and so I wanted to start playing along. So my first instrument was bass guitar, and I I think oh, cool. the first song I learned was on the bass guitar was uh, Johnny Paycheck, uh, Precious Memories. Mm -hmm. You know, take me back to the good old days. But and then from there, my brother Jim was is still an exceptional guitar player. You know, and he he came into town. And, uh, and and made a, a good name for himself. And he played guitar, so I wanted to start learning. You know, and listening to a song, people listen to different things of a song. Some, someone will listen to the lyrics only, or the bass, or the drums. And like that Paper Lace song, I heard... I heard that as a kid right. and, and thought, you know, that, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to play those melodies, you know, inside. So Jim started teaching me to play you know guitar and stuff and i was in high school and jim was already in a well-established band here in phoenix and um they went on a uso tour and it was the end of my junior year and i got they asked me and, a, and another guy in town that you may know ronaldo martin mm -hmm. yeah they asked both of us to be like the roadies and go and so that had to be a blast at the end of my junior year i had to take summer school mm -hmm. my mom and dad had to go in front of the the school council and plead their case and you know and dad's like he's gonna learn more going overseas and with this band yeah, and, and he's gonna remember this more than he learned in yeah in mr USO, lombardi's class uso isn't like you know dropping out of school and just getting in a rock band it's exactly you know, yeah i'm gonna good, play the mason jar uh you know yeah, but it's a good experience so i got to do that and then i was hooked you know and they would get <laughs> us up jim's band blue creek fever right. fever uh jim culver he senses past kathy arnold dave finn you know um jackie marie on keyboards uh uh, I, I was hooked after that. And I remember telling, you know, in high school, they pull you all into the, the, the counselors will pull you all in. Okay, 
Otto, what do you want to do for a living? You know, and, and yeah. I told him. And based gonna, on your grades, uh, yeah. <laughs> here's what we think. <laughs> you might want to just become a rock. You know, <laughs> yeah. go lay out by the lake. But I told him, I said, I wanted to play music for a living. He laughed and looked at me. And, and, and I was, I was very fortunate. You know, I, I right out off out of the gate, I got in with Western bread, a young band, mm-hmm. drug free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and just rest is history. Yeah. But I, I do have a quick little story though. Yeah. When my, when my brother Jim came into town, he made a good name he's a monster guitar player chicken picking and jerry reed and all that stuff stuff he showed me and monster player so he made a good name for himself so when i came into town i was known as jimmy wall's little brother and then jim started getting a little older and was playing less and less and i was becoming more popular right and then he became known as as Danny Wall's older brother, and that 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 went for a while. So so then after that, my mother would either she would ride with Jim to a gig or she would ride with me to a gig. She wanted to watch her boys play music, and she was very adamant about the first song. I got to hear the first song. She didn't <laughs> want to come in, you know. She wants to be there for the first song. So. So she was just a people person. Everybody loved her. They broke the mold with her. She was an awesome lady. And she would dance every song. Well, people just, like I said, loved her. So we both became known as Gene Wall's sons. So we made a full circle. We weren't Danny Wall's. We weren't Jimmy Wall's. We were Gene Wall's son. You should hear them play guitar and sing and blah, blah. That is a great story. Yeah. That's pretty wild. You know, your mother was way into music, opera singer. Well, she gave up opera singing uh, to raise five kids. And, and she, before she passed, you know, for about 10 years, she uh, played accordion and monster, hmm. monster piano. Wow. And she would play all the retirement homes in uh-huh. Sun City. Uh-huh. And and some and it was funny because I moved her in with a, I moved her in with me the last five years before she passed, mm-hmm. and she would the night before, she would have, two hundred pieces of music out, and she would say to me, Danny, how do you, will you teach me to play by ear so I don't you know have to lug all this stuff around? And I would tell her, Mom, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, just keep doing what you do. Not change horses in midstream. You yeah, know, really. And yeah, she, uh, she's a neat lady. Neat That's lady. very very cool. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to play another song. Give you sure. a break because I know I've been making you run, run, sure. run here. And so we're going to play a cut uh, that's actually from the Fervor Records catalog from Bruce Canole. And this tune is called "One More Night" here on the Auto D Show, where my guest is Danny Walls, and we'll be right back. Heaven, no place I can find. 
One more night here in the Auto D show. I like how this is almost done and it just sits there dead quiet. I guess he was done. <laughs> it wasn't almost done. Uh, my guest tonight is Danny Walls, and we're going to talk a little bit more, Danny. Um, you have so impressed me with, you remember the first, uh, the music you heard the first time something happened. You, you yeah. really connected right. a lot of songs with these first. So I want to go through some other firsts and see how okay. connected they are. For example, um, do you remember the first record that you bought? Uh, yeah, Kenny Rogers. Uh Everyone considered him the coward of the county. Yeah, yeah, I remember I remember bringing that 45 home on the school bus. Oh, yeah? Couldn't wait to play it, man. Wore it out. Never stood one single thing. Yeah, I, I love that song, yeah. Well, then how Kid about <clears throat> your first uh, concert, the first time you played with the band on in an event? Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah, um, actually, uh, some Buckeye folks, Frank Heiss and Monzi Yanez out there and Jerry Smith, um, I was in high school at the time, and they they were to me grown ups. They were out of school, and I went and asked <laughs> that, them. That's the line. Grown up is someone who's out of school. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I remember. yeah, yeah. And uh, I I went and asked them. I went to one of their gigs, and uh, I said, "Hey, can I you know play with your band?" And and I think the fact that I was Jimmy Wall's little brother held a little presence with it, and mm -hmm. that's why they gave it to me because I barely knew how to play guitar, and I remember. He and Frank Heiss said, um, bring a recorder and record us, learn those songs. And I I, don't, I remember sitting at a cassette player woodshedding mm -hmm. for three months. Mm -hmm. You know, Alabama whispered to me softly, three words upon me. You know, just all these chords. And those weren't three chord country songs either. I, I saw you staring at each other. I saw your eyes begin to glow. The, these weren't three chord country songs, like I said. And so I really had to work at it and forge through these songs. And and um, so I showed up and then I started playing with Frank Heiss and the Silver Creek Band. And we played a venue uh, regularly um uh, it was called The Local at the time, but Salome and Wintersburg Road out there by the Palo Verde Nuclear Plant. It's called The Tin Top now, okay. but that's where I cut my teeth wow. playing. Yeah, and I think my brother John had to ride with me because I was 15, and when do you get your permit? No. Uh, well, in Illinois, I think it was 16. Okay. Here, I don't know. Here, it's like 15 okay. and a, a couple months mm -hmm. before you can drive, but you have to have a licensed driver. Right. Then when you turn 16, yeah. and I remember that, John had to ride with me because I, I missed it by mm -hmm. a few months. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, let me ask you this, too, then. <clears throat> um, and if you know if you don't have these particular memories, that's fine. But since since you you tend to have such a great memory about these things, I'm just going <laughs> yeah. fishing, you know. But like, um, did you do you have an did you have an opportunity to open up for some bigger names as they went through town? Did you ever have that opportunity? Yeah, most definitely. Um, but before I forget, let me say my mom would always say, "My son Danny and my son, he can sing any song, play any instrument, and work on any car, but he can't balance his checkbook." You know, she would always <laughs> say that. You know, she would lift you up, and they, they would always be like, "Remember, son, Rome was built in one day, but it also burned down in one night. Don't ever forget that." <laughs> but yeah, uh, people we've played for uh, all a lot of the acts that you hear through the '80s and '90s, like. Diamond, we've opened for Diamond Rio, Lori Morgan, Billy Ray Cyrus, Kenny Chesney. Isn't that fun to be on that stage in front of that audience? Yeah, a little yeah. nerve-wracking, but yeah, yeah it, it was fun. We uh, Lots of good time. Played to, I remember I got to see Wailing Jennings right before uh, we right before he passed actually we were playing the celebrity opening for billy ray cyrus and 
I remember, you know, uh, have you ever been a celebrity underneath? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, am I using the right word? Cocoon? Underneath yeah, the, there's the, the bar downstairs. Uh, and, underneath there's all these rooms. Right, all the dressing and, rooms. And, and I remember room. after we finished playing, I was, after we finished playing, I was standing right by the steps going up to the stage and the lights were blowing down on me and I really couldn't see well and there was, the, the smoke machine was going off and Billy Ray comes walking up with his, you know, fringe on and big jacket and he looked like he was 10 feet tall and Waylon Jennings was right behind him. He was holding his hand, pulling him up on stage and he Waylon was pretty frail, frail at the time and um but yeah, that was, I got to see wow. him but yeah, played for yeah, Sawyer Brown, uh Mark Chestnut. When I was playing at Lucky's with Jay David, uh uh McBride and the Ride, uh, Delbert McClinton Mm-hmm. I, do you know, oh, do, have yeah, you heard yeah, of Delbert? Yeah, yeah, of you know, I, I have to say this. Delbert, when he played at Lucky's, um, oh, by the way, Jalen said to say hi. Uh, thank yeah, you okay. very much. I got uh, that online. When we were playing at Lucky's, all the artists that came in, Delbert McClinton packed the place multi, uh, folds, tenfolds right, right. to what everyone else did. And he played there, I think, two or three times. Yeah. Um, but he that place was jam-packed with West Coast swingers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But we opened up for a lot of people. It was a lot of good experience, a lot of good memories. And, and yeah. Cool. Well, you know what? We're going to be running out of time here. So before wow. we got, before we do, let me just ask you, how can people get a hold of you if they want to check out the band or hire the band for something? What's, uh, what's the easiest way to find you? Canyonwalls.com. Canyonwalls.com. I have a website oh, and cool. it, that has the you know my email on it, and they can get a hold of me through there if they want to book the band for you know uh, everything from bar mitzvahs to to biker rallies to you know weddings to corporate parties, whatever. So tell me a little bit about uh, Canyon Walls. Is that a four piece? Is it an eight piece? It, well, it's what do you what do you need? Yeah, what do you need? Oh, I can hire a steel guitar player, a keyboard player. The 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 meat of the band is just a four piece because mm-hmm. I play a lead guitar fiddle and then sing John Bishop plays bass. And, uh, I've said it for years. He's one of the best vocalists in the Valley. And, um, so it, and then we have, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, what other members would be in there? Yeah. The, a, a drummer and used counter for a long time. Mm-hmm. Used, uh, uh, Colin for a long time. And then I'll hire like a, you know maybe a keyboard player mm-hmm. you know uh, so so but on my website you know if they want a big band i'll hire a sax player right you know donato out there plays monster sax um i'll hire a still player. Yeah. whatever you need kazoo cool. what do you want yeah, exactly. what do you want auto well that's great man it's good to hear <laughs> um so then also uh let's see what else i was just thinking something else about all that so we know how to get a hold of you so that's cool and um you do, do you do solos at all I, I don't do a lot of solos. That's not really... What about the catalog? How many songs do you know? Oh, um, to play or sing? Probably sing at least five, six hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, to play... Because I get the impression tons. that once you've played a song, you don't ever forget it. And, no, that's not true. Do you forget yeah. something? There, there are songs. Them. You know, it's funny. You, and I'm sure you do the same thing. You'll hear a song and you're like, wow, I played that in the early 80s. Yeah, yeah you know? you Totally. Hey, I just want to say one thing before um, with, about J. David Sloan. He, he, <clears throat> we, we got to go to his club and play, and it was such, he has taught so many people so much uh, uh, etiquette on a stage. Um, people would always be like, oh, my God, Jay's so great on the fiddle, or Jay's so great, you know, singing. And I would say, well, he is, but he really impresses me when the song stops, mm-hmm. how he talks to people, how he gets your attention, how he will call you by your name. And Dwayne, Dwayne Moore and I talked about it a lot. We we idolized the guy. We learned so much from from him, you know, and stole a bunch of stuff from how he entertains. And, you know, basically I, I posted on Facebook or a, a group thread we had the other day. I said, well, I did the J. David show the other day, you know, and, you know, I was joking, but I was also serious. You know, I'm playing guitar. I'm talking to people. I'm entertaining. I'm playing the fiddle, you know, and it, yeah. we've learned that from. Well, we've learned that from J. David. Yeah, you know? and it's fun watching him, too, like you say, when the song stops. Because um, right. if he's going to tune his guitar, he doesn't stop to tune his guitar. He's talking to you the whole time. Yes. Yeah. And and you even wonder, oh, is he doing something else while he's 
talking to me. That's you know? what so many bands are missing. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a short break after the end of the call. Take care of your waitresses. And uh, okay, we'll be right back. You know, Jay would demand your attention almost because yeah. he's talking right to you. He just called your name. Yeah. And, and, and I learned that. You know, yeah, he keeps it very conversational. Did. I think he's. I, I think he, number one, he's he's actually interested. Maybe right. being a bar owner and presenting entertainment was part of what his experience was. So he wanted you to be. Uh, he was more concerned about the audience than maybe a lot of bands coming up are. And let me just you know? say that about Dwayne Moore too. I, I said that at his uh, 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 tribute the other night that when Dwayne asks you how you were doing, most people it's just uh, you know. What is it? Cliche? Yeah. Whatever. Just yeah, just to say something. Dwayne would not. Uh, uh, let's see. For he he well, he wouldn't he disengage until you, you answered. Yeah, it was like on you. For he it, wanted yeah. to know about you. He wanted to know what you were doing. What you yeah. he wouldn't control the conversation. He let you just talk. Mm -hmm. And and he was sincerely like that. You know, he was just a good dude. We lost a we lost a Arizona icon yep. when when we lost him, and a lot of us didn't realize how many what an icon he was. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said earlier, you know, you you don't miss the water till the well runs dry. You yeah. know, and and yeah, he he's gone and he'll be severely missed. Yep, he sure will be. All right, man. Well, listen. Is there anything else you want to uh, mention before we uh, wrap this up? Yeah. You know, good. To, how about you were mentioning playing a Jay David song, just in kind of little tip of a hat there. You got one? Yeah, heck yeah, I do. Um, this song was a song that he wrote, and um, I think the sh short story behind it is he uh, uh, was playing music, then he stopped playing music for a while, and then he was so miserable, he went back to playing and he wrote a song, and he discovered that there was a whole new box of people out there, not mm -hmm. like when he was, you know, playing for. What have I done? Baby, tell me how you been. Seem like a hundred million years have gone by. All oh, but it's a different world we're all living in. What I knew before it was cool. Oh, but that's been a while. Seems I've been a long way to understand how to make people smile. Looks like they've opened up a new box of people while I was gone. Opened up a new box of people while I was gone. That was one of the most, when I went out on my own, that song and Amarillo were two of the most requested songs in this valley. Wow. And that's a really cool, unique perspective on that experience. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Listen, Danny, thanks for coming in, man. Anytime. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure you. we'll have to uh, keep in touch with you and see what's happening. And I'm going to uh, have to see if I can get up to the Balloon Festival on Friday. That'd be a lot yeah. of fun. And actually, with Muggy on, we're going to be at um, Harold's on the 29th oh, and 30th of July. Okay. And, and you can look also on the Western Bread website. There's all kinds of stuff. J. David Salone website with, with Facebook, uh, I should say, the Facebook. Okay, cool. and And it'll tell you where everyone's at. Awesome. We'll check it out. Thanks Thank for you. coming on. Beautiful studio. Thanks. And you've been listening to the Auto D Show here at Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks. And we'll see you next week. Take care.